Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. Nehemiah, we're going to continue in the Arise series I didn't know if I was going to get to preach today, what I was going to preach today, how this was going to happen. One of the most difficult services to prepare for, I ain't kidding, is this one right here. I had no idea. There's such an excitement here. And you pull onto the property, man, and you see what God has done and just gets overwhelmed. Again, a big shout out to all those that are helping and helped us get this far. All the cleaning and working. It's just been amazing every single day, people at this place, of what God has done. Hallelujah. We've been in a series called Arise. In April, God gave me this word at our other church in a prayer service, Isaiah 60, Arise and shine, for your time has come, and the glory of the Lord is upon you. And he was saying, it's now your season that I'm going to raise up river of life and you're going to arise because my glory is going to be with you. And people are sitting in deep darkness, but you're going to be a light unto the darkness had no idea that a few months later we would be sitting and standing in this building. At that prayer service, I shared with a handful of people that were there, and our sister Crystal Province said, the Lord gave me this word in Matthew that same night, how people sat in deep darkness have seen a great light. So I knew God was doing something special. I had no idea it was this. Since then, I've been looking in the word of God at the word arise, and it's all over the place. And so two weeks ago, we were talking about arise and go in Joshua as they were preparing to go. When God begins to lead us out into a new season, when he begins to lead you and I, we just got to have faith and follow him. Some of you followed him all the way out here today. You don't even know what you're doing, what's going on, what's going to happen. You don't even know why you're here today. But God has brought you here today because I want you to know that you're going to be a part of something that's bigger than you could have ever imagined. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than a river of life. It's bigger than a church. It's what God wants to do in these last days. And so for two weeks, we were arise and go. And then now we're in Nehemiah. And I just want to share with you for a couple of minutes about arise and build. Because now we're getting ready to go to work. Tell somebody, now the fun's beginning. And in Nehemiah, there's so many things in this book. I I just want us to go to chapter 2. Nehemiah chapter 2. I'm reading out of the New King James. That's what I typically read out of if you're joining us for the first time. I want to welcome our listening people on the podcast. Thank you for your support, and people are listening to these messages all over the place and letting us know how they are blessing you. I want to just tell you to continue to keep us in prayer as we move forward. Hopefully our sound is okay. Is everybody hearing me okay? Mike, am I sounding good back there? Amen. Thank you. The sound guys at Tex are doing such an amazing job. It's not easy to get us to sound this good in the gymnasium. Let me just say that, but they are just so amazing. Here in Nehemiah chapter 2, let's just pick up in verse 17. This is Nehemiah talking. And then I said to the people, you see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lies waste and its gates are burned with fire. Come, let us build. Everybody say build. We're going to come back to this word, very important. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. And I told them about the hand of my God, which have been good upon me, and also of the king's words. 
that he had spoken to me. So they said, let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to this good work. But when Sanballat and Sanballat and Tobiah, the Hamanite official, Geshem the Arab, heard of it, they laughed at us and they despised us and they said, what is this thing that you're doing? Will you not rebel against the king? Whenever you begin to follow God and God has told you to do something and you step out and you begin to follow God, there'll be other people that will try to come around you and try to convince you that you are out of the will of God, that you're going against what everybody else is doing, that you're, you're all by yourself, that no one is supporting you. That's what's happening here. He's saying, Nehemiah, what do you think you're going to be doing here? Ain't nobody's got your back. You're, you're going against what everybody else is doing. But how many know we are called not to go along with culture, but to set culture? Come on, somebody. And that's what they're saying to Nehemiah, verse 20. So I answered them and I said to them, the God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore, we his servants will arise and build. But you have no heritage or right or memorial in Jerusalem. Thank you, Lord, for your word. I pray your blessing upon our time today in this very special service. Lord, have your way. Speak to our hearts. We thank you for what you have done. We thank you for what you're doing. And God, we thank you for what you're going to do. I pray you minister to every heart here today. No matter what need is in the building or what is happening in people's lives today, you're doing something great, Lord. And I thank you that we are a part of it. I pray a blessing in it in Jesus' name. Amen. Tell a couple of people before you're seated, I'm ready to start knocking walls down. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to try to preach this. I'm just, just so amazing. Hallelujah. I'm not going to downplay this. This is amazing, guys. Come on, this amazing church. A couple of days ago, we had, a, we had our first salvation in the building. A couple of days ago, we had some people working here on the building, working for one of our parking lot uh, people, and they come in to grab some food and just happened to catch me in the kitchen, and we begin to talk to one another, and I sensed the presence of God begin to come into that half-made commercial kitchen with no water, and the presence of God begin to come in there, and I just begin to share what God has done in my life and what he's doing here. And the young man began to just have tears in his eyes and begin to talk about how his family has been praying for him and his family has been serving the Lord, but he's, he's kind of not been following the Lord like he wants to. And he wanted to just at that moment give his life to Jesus. And he's here with us today. Brother, won't you stand up? Won't you stand up? Come on, let's welcome him to the body of Christ today. Look at him back there, just getting blessed. Come on, reach your hands this way. Father, in the name of Jesus. Well, his brother's just full of the Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus. Come on, reach your hands to this man right now. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in his life. He may have come here to work on a parking lot and got here, but Lord, you sent him here to encounter your presence. This is exactly what we pray for, God. And Lord, you know every situation in his life and in his family. I pray, God, that you restore him and you do what you want to do in his life, Lord. Let your presence come upon him in the name of Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I love it. That's what we're all about here. That's what the church is all about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The word arise means, in in the Hebrew, it means to arise, to stand, and to be confirmed. It means to be confirmed, as I shared this before last week. In other words, as if your name is being called, you will arise and confirm that that is your name. That's what the word arise means in Scripture. When he says arise, for your light has come. What he's saying is, I want you to arise and recognize that you are ready to now stand with my glory and with my power. You might have tried to stand before and failed. You might have tried to serve God before. You might have tried to do this before, but you have failed. You have failed because you tried to do it in your own strength. But God, now God is saying, now I'm calling you to arise, and I want to know if you're ready to stand because now my glory is upon you. Amen. That's what arises for. But in verse 17, Nehemiah says this word. I want to give this to you today. He says, build. I want, he says, arise and build. That's what he's saying to his people. Now it's time for us to arise and build. What does build mean? What are we, what are we building here? Well, what are we wanting to do here in this new location? Why are we going to be renovating? What, God, what are you wanting us to do, Lord? This is a magnificent building. Everybody that has come to this building, from insurance adjusters, hallelujah, <laughs> to everybody, they just can't get over how this building was built. And something we just found out that this building was built in, in 06, and it was called the Empowerment Center. The vision of this building that the church built was to be an empowerment center to its community. I had no idea about that. Two years, or last year, I had a revival at our church, and the the name of the revival was Empowered by the Spirit. And I had no place to fit all y'all. We couldn't all fit at Savage Road. So I reached out to some of the churches, and I said, hey, I need a place that will hold us. And God just shut the doors. This pastor at this church said, well, we, we'll let you rent it, and you guys can come in here. What are you doing? I said, we're going to have a revival, and it's called Empowered by the Spirit. He said, well, that sounds awesome. So we came in here last year, had no idea that this facility was built to empower. Come on, somebody. Think about that. You can't make that up. I could have called that revival anything you want to name. The second breath, whatever. We got names for everything. Come on, somebody, right? God said, call it the empowered by the Spirit. How many know when we don't know what we're doing, God knows what he's doing? I mean, come on, somebody. You know, we don't have to have all the answers. I don't have all the answers of what God's going to do, but God does. So here we are having our revival last year. Had no idea that now this would be River of Life home. Connie, isn't it amazing? Look what the Lord has done. She pulled up at at our church dropping off her daughter. 10, 12 years ago, 13 years ago for her daughter to come to our harvest festival. And she said, I'm not coming into the church. I got jogging sweat outfit. I'm not dressed. I said, you come in just the way you are. She come in and 13 years later, she's on the front row. Come on, somebody. I mean, I could go, I could go on and on and on and on. 
And if you're visiting with us today, I just, this, is, this is what we're doing. This is what we're here for. We're here to do what Nehemiah is telling us to do in the scripture. He says, and what God told Nehemiah to is to build. And the Hebrew word build, yeah, it means construction. It means paint. It means knock some walls down. We need to do that. We need to, to redo the whole sanctuary and the whole area up there. And man, I can't wait till that happen. One thing's going to be less walking. When you come to the River of Life, you need to bring your Bible and bring your Fitbit because you're going to get your steps in here. We walk five miles a day, not exaggerating, all week, just in this place, not including going to the gym. And uh, we have, if you get excited, by the way, we got a track. You can run around here in Jesus' name, amen. This is one-tenth of a mile. Dad's been here about every day walking this thing. And uh, so we'll look what God has done. So we're going to be doing some, some building, yes, but the word build that Nehemiah said here, church, this is what I want to tell you today. It also means to, to gather. It means to, to um, have children, build a family. It says obtain children, build a family, build up a people. This is more than just brick and mortar, what Nehemiah was doing. Because God's never been into buildings as beautiful as this is and what we've got planned, God's not into buildings. He's always been into people. So when Nehemiah said, hey, we're going to build, uh, rebuild the city and rebuild the walls, when he said that word, they understood in their language that he also meant in the process, God's going to do a wonderful work of building up a people and building up a family. They had no idea that right after the wall was built in 423 B.C., that they were going to head into the darkest times of history. It's called the silent years of the Bible. It's the intertestamental part of the Bible. That's the section between the Old Testament and the New Testament. If you hold up your Bible right in the middle, you've got Malachi, the last person in the Old Testament, and then you have the Gospels, and you say it's just one page. That's 400 years of what we call silence. God didn't do any miracles. God didn't speak any fresh word. There was nobody getting healed, no record of it. There was nothing good that seemed to be happening. God was silent. During these 400 years, the Pharisees' religion began to get formed. Because when God isn't speaking, flesh starts to take over. And man began to get it. So the Pharisees were developed. The Sadducees, Greek, Greek mythology, Hippocrates began this with his teaching. And all, all of the Greek mythology just took over for 400 years. But then Jesus stepped on the scene in the Gospels. And he was born as a, as a child. And you will find people in the Gospels such as Mary and Joseph, Zacharias and Elizabeth, Simeon and Anna. What does that have to do with Nehemiah? It has everything to do with Nehemiah. Those are the remnants of the people that built the wall. So in other words, Nehemiah and the people built a wall that is so uh, amazing that remnants of it still stand today in Israel. When we were in Israel, we saw it. You can still see sections of the wall that originally was built by Nehemiah. But what is more impressive is that the people that built the wall never returned to idolatry. Can I tell you that God is looking for a people in these dark days that he can rely on and that will be able to last through the dark seasons until he comes again. And now is his time for us to arise and shine and be used of God to bring his glory to this community. Amen. That's what Nehemiah is all about. That's what he's saying about arise and build. 
As they begin to build the wall and as they begin to build the city, God began to build that family. You'll find in the next few chapters, and we'll talk about that coming up, how to let God arise in your marriage and arise in your family. I'm glad you're here, but how many are here today and says, I got some loved ones that need to be here today that aren't? That's what we need. That's who we're waiting on. That's who we're praying for. That's what we're getting this thing ready for do, to do. And as we build this building and as we move forward, this is what God wants us to do. So what kind of church are we going to be? I said, God, what, what did Nehemiah do? How, how did they construct this building? And how did their families make it through those dark times? Because we got some people in our, in our day and age today that are, that are falling away from the faith. You see it as well as I do. I was so discouraged when I saw some of these worship leaders and some of these people that I, when I was a youth pastor for 11 years, I looked up to some of these guys teaching some of the, the greatest teachings about purity and living for God. And you know as well as I do, and they begin one by one, begin to say how they walked away from their faith. But let me tell you, that's always been around. There's always been people that have fallen off. Uh, Jesus had one in his circle. His name was Judas. Paul had one named Demas. There's always going to be people. Jesus warned in the last days that don't become like Lot who looked back. There's always going to be people. And statistically, one in every three sitting on these pews are already deciding whether they're going to follow Jesus or not. Well, did I get rid of that good feeling already? But what I want to focus you, your attention on today is the other two that's within that row. There are two out of three that are really living the life. There are two out of three that are really serving God. There are two out of three that are really giving Him praise, that are making Him first, that are going after God. Come on, are there two of the three here today? <laughs> Hallelujah. So I looked at chapter 1 in Nehemiah. Nehemiah gives us these three values. This is, this is, this is what we're going to do. This is what kind of church we're going to do and be as we build and move forward. It all started with compassion. Everybody say compassion. This is what we're here to do, church. Nehemiah chapter 1 tells us that when Nehemiah, he was a cupbearer. He, he was a cupbearer to the king. He had his job. He was comfortable. Things were going nice. He was well-to-do. He had an esteemed position in the palace. He would test the cup, uh, bef- make sure there was no poison in it before he gave it to the king. He always co- had to come into the presence of the king in a good mood. If you came in the presence of the king and you were sad, you risked your life. And he, the day, chapter 1, tells us he heard about the distress of the people. He heard about how messed up society was becoming. Because sometimes we can get comfortable in our own little bubble and we forget what's happening outside. I said sometimes we can get caught up in our own little circle and forget about the even very person that's sitting next to you today. Somebody might have struggled to get here today. If you only knew what you're going through, you would, you, if you could stand up and talk, you would say something like that. Well, I want you to know that God sees that. And we're a people that sees that and believes in that. But when the, Nehemiah heard that, the distress of the people, the Bible says he fell to the ground, watch this, and he wept for many days. He wept for many days. 
When he heard how messed up the culture has been. When he heard what they legalize now in the United States. What they legalize now in Michigan. What, what they're doing to this. How they're putting this on entertainment now for our kids to watch. How this is in every commercial now. How this is coming in video games. How every time you turn around, what we used to be offended of is now becoming the norm. When he began to hear that, he didn't just turn his ear and say, well, that's for somebody else. i got to get my 40 hours in this week. I didn't plan on preaching really, but uh, here we go. He didn't, because it could have been easy to just to say, hey, that's not my problem. I'm comfortable right here being next to the palace. I'm comfortable right here with my little bit of money, my little, my little pocket change, and my little what I, got, what I got going on. But your Bible says he didn't do that. He fell to the ground, and he prayed for many days, and he wept for many days. God, give us that kind of compassion. What started the whole story? The reason why the walls are still remaining in Jerusalem in 2019, the, the whole people that, that God used to birth his Messiah from a little girl, 14 years old, named Mary, was a descendant of this very first step of ne- a man named Nehemiah and his compassion. God told me, he said, Eddie, your church will stop growing when you stop caring. Jesus looked at his disciples and he was teaching all these deep revelations and all of a sudden he stopped and he told the Good Samaritan. You remember that story? He told the parable of the Good Samaritan and he told them, one person in the crowd said, tell me what I must do to enter into heaven. Looking all good, probably had a suit on. Nothing wrong with suits. I may suit up next week, by the way. This is weird. I was going to wear my forms, but I, I thought that might offend too many people. No, I'm just kidding. We are in a gymnasium. May be tempted on these Sundays to just shoot a, get a basketball out. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is, this is amazing, man. I'm not going to downplay this. This is amazing what God is doing. Yes. And it's amazing. Yes. Hallelujah. God said about the Good Samaritan, a man spoke up and said, What must I do to enter into heaven? And he told them, He said about the parable of the Good Samaritan. And he said that man fell by the side of the road and he was beaten. And he was robbed. And the religious person came, looked his way, and crossed on the other side. (laughs) Then a Levite came, who was supposed to be the worship. These these are priests. Jesus is talking to a Jewish audience, and he's telling them, he's naming the superstars of their culture. And every one of their superstars failed. And then at the end of the story, Jesus said, but there was a Samaritan. A Samaritan was the most despised and lowest class person in culture. And what people looked at as saying, this person can never do anything great, Jesus made them the superstar. Hence, the name of the parable is the good Samaritan. So not only did this be a teachable moment, it offended those pious people. Sometimes we need to get offended by the truth. We're so easily offended, aren't we? Today. But you know, Jesus is the rock of offense. (laughs) He's the rock of offense. But then Jesus told him about the good Samaritan, and he said, and then after that great teaching, a man stood up and he said, what must I do? Uh, Who is my neighbor? Because Jesus said, go and do likewise to your neighbor. And the man said, well, who is my neighbor? And who who do I really got to be like this to? And that's when Jesus told the story. He said, everybody, the person next to you is your neighbor. God's given us this building church. And we're going to be a place of compassion to reach out to the communities here. 
and to help people to come into this place. Jesus said, go, have, go invite them to come in from the highways and the byways. Have them come so my place is full. But we're going to be a church of compassion. Everybody say compassion. It's a church of compassion. It's the difference between everything is, is having compassion. But then I love what the king and his wife says in chapter 2. After he's all emotional and he gets very compassionate, and we are very emotional here. There's a lot of things going on. We're excited. Yeah, it's our new church. It's awesome. Parking lot's bigger than our whole building. I think you can fit our sanctuary three times in here. It's amazing. It's emotional. Nehemiah was emotional. He came into the king's presence kind of depressed. And it could have costed him his life. And the king asked him a question that I want to ask us today in chapter 2. He looked at Nehemiah and he said, what's going on? And Nehemiah said, man, the people are in distress. We got to do something about culture. We got to do something about people out there. They're lost. And he looked at him and I love what he said. He said, how long will will your journey be and will, will, will you return? How long will your journey be, and how, when will you return? What's he saying? What's your level of commitment? I know you're emotional. I know you're excited. I know you're wanting to go back to the old city and rebuild the walls and do all of that. That sounds good. I want to know, how long are you going to be on this Jesus thing? Can I tell you that God still wants to know that? He still wants to know that. We're excited, but he's asking, how long are you going to follow him in this quest of of Christianity? And your enemy, we got an enemy that wants to know. How long is your journey? Are you going to go to church today? Okay. I'll be right here when you get back. I'll be right here when you get back. Your habits and your your addictions and your bondages, we'll we'll be waiting. Go ahead and go do your church thing, but we're going to be right here when you left us this morning at 9.30. God God says, man, I don't want you to ever go back to that anymore. I want you to be like Nehemiah. He stepped up and he said, I'm never coming back until the mission is accomplished in Jesus' name. In order for us to do anything great, river of life, I'm not used to having so much room. In order for us to do anything great, all of us has got to come to the place of no return. You got to come to the place of no return. You got to come to the place of no return in your marriage, in your relationships, right? You got to come to the place when it's no more a little bit of this person on the side, no more this, no more that. When you start to settle down and you start to commit and you get married, if you're like me, you're like, here, baby, you got, you got the now passcode on my phone. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm going to cause a fight in this church on the way home already. Because the Bible says the two shall become one. I'm just saying that there comes a time when we all have to say, hey, I, I, I'm all in. I'm all in. Come on. So we are here today because a group of us back in 2002 said, man, I don't know where we're going to go. I don't know how this thing's going to work, but we're all in, Dad. We're all in. We're, we're going to, if God is for us, then who can be against us? And wherever you're going to take us, we're going to go. I'm all in. We got to get to that place when there's no turning back. John chapter 6, Jesus looked at some of his disciples and he said to them, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, remember that? You can't be my disciples. And he wasn't talking about cannibalism, he was talking spiritually. They didn't even stick around to hear him explain it. 
And sometimes you may get offended with the truth of the gospel. Let me just encourage you. Don't, don't run away. Don't get offended. Stick around because God will answer those things. It will work out. Well, this happened at my old other church or this happened with this. This isn't your other church, by the way. Amen. Welcome to River of Life. This is a new day for all of us. Like I said, if this is your first time here, it's mine too. I got to get used to preaching in here. I feel a little weird, but I feel like I'm visiting. Another, I feel like we're all visiting another church. But we're going to settle in here, but I'm giving you these today because these things are never going to change. We're always going to be a people of, of compassion, and we're always going to have to be a people of, of commitment. And the people walked away from Jesus on that day. He turned around to his disciples, and he said, are you going to leave me too? Peter spoke up, and he said, Lord, I have no other place to go. Where else am I going to go? Only you have the words of eternal life. Listen, I don't care where you are in your faith today, where you are. You've got to get to the place in your mind. We had a whole small group this summer that dealt with good or God, teaching us that you've got to all get to the place, hear me now, where you realize that only good is going to come from God. Nothing good exists outside of God. You've got to come to that place in your faith. You have temporary thrills out there. We all do. But I'm talking about good. Only good. That's what Peter is saying to Jesus. Jesus, only you have what I need, and I'm not turning back. And so he was able to take his disciples, and those 12 made it in Jesus' name. We begin to lose it when we start focusing on our feelings, when the, when the emotion goes, sometimes our commitment goes. And Nehemiah and them people weren't like that, and we can't be that people either. When the new car smell wears off, and, and you start to walk through this place, and you get here, and we got a little bit of construction going on, it may take you a little bit longer, and then as God continues to grow us, we may take a little longer to get your kids checked in. Or We don't need much to complain about anyway. I know I don't. I, I have to always check myself. Amen. If I don't, Melinda helps me in Jesus' name. But it's so easy for us to do that, and we got to watch and say, hey, man, when the feelings begin to fade, we still have to make sure that we're in with our, because we always go by our feelings so much. The moment we start to focus in on our feelings, our faith will begin to slip. The moment you begin to focus on your feelings, your faith will begin to slip. You'll start to be committed to God, and you start hanging around this person. And all of a sudden, this person has lower standards than you do. And you're like, oh, you listen to that kind of music? Oh, oh, you still do this? Oh, you talk like that? Oh, you didn't want me to preach today, did you? Oh, you, oh, oh, you do this? Oh, okay. And so you're tempted in that moment to either hold on to your standards and be committed to your faith or to be liked by them and to say, I'd rather you ha- be my friend and I'll compromise. I'm trying to help somebody today to make it to the end. <laughs> Nehemiah and the people said, hey, man, I'm not going to go on how I feel. I'm tired. I don't feel like building this wall no more, Nehemiah. When's it going to be done already? Nehemiah said, man, we got to stay committed to the call. we got to stay committed to what God's called us to do. When I got saved, I was 25 years old. I come out of a whole group of people. Uh, my, my social circle was huge. I couldn't do anything by myself. I, I always had people at my house. You guys, most of you know my story. If not, stick around, you'll hear it. Because I use it because now it's become my greatest weapon against the enemy, even against my own past and my own mind. When my mind comes up and says, you can't do this, Eddie. If they only knew your past, if they only knew what you did, what are you doing out here in the gym leading these people? You don't know what you're doing. 
And if I allow that self, that pressure, that tension will begin to build and to get on my life. But I got to say, wait a minute, I'm not a performer. I'm not the oil, I'm just a vessel. <laughs> so God, I don't care what you do today because it ain't me that's going to meet anybody's needs. I've never been able to meet everybody's needs. I'll never be able to meet everybody's needs. I'm just here saying, hey, I'm trying to point everybody to somebody that can't meet your needs. His name is Jesus. He's the answer. I don't have it. River of life don't have it. The King of Kings has it. The Lord of Lords has it. He's the one that's going to lead us through. He's the one that's going to answer our prayers. Came out of that circle. I was 25 years old. I said, God, I don't know about this church thing, man. I got warrants for my arrest. I had to take the backwood roads to get to church. Pumped my brakes three times because I didn't have brakes. Leaking oil everywhere. Man, it's just crazy where I came from. God walked up into that church, my wife and my two little daughters, wearing Salvation Army outfits. Walking in there in a big old church, didn't know nobody. It can be intimidating coming to church. That's why we went all out welcoming you. Someone walked in and said, man, I haven't been saying, I haven't been welcomed by so many people and said hi to so many people before in my life. That's what we want in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We want to do that every Sunday. Welcome people in because we, we know it's a big deal to step out and go to a, a church. I remember walking up in there like that and begin to just say, okay, God, here I am. What you going to do? And over a period of time, God brought me to a point. And he said, hey, I got to get you that place of no return when you ain't looking back. You ain't looking back. Come on, tell somebody next to you, I ain't going back. Tell the other person, I'm in it for the long haul. Come on, say it. You may be looking at your spouse right now and say, I'm in it for the long haul. If you're sitting next to your spouse, do that. Look at him in the eyes and say, baby, I'm in it for the long haul. Come on, you need to, you might not have told them a while. That's why you've been fighting all the way to church today. You need to tell them, say, hey, I'm in it for the long haul. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. Nehemiah, they were committed. We got to be committed, River. We got to stay committed to the cause of what God is raising us up to do. We can't lose focus of what he's called us to do. He's doing something unique here. He's been doing something unique. He's doing it in other places as well. We are not the only church that God is raising up. It's going to take more than just one church to raise up. And that brings me to the last thing I want to tell you. They collaborated. I've been waiting to fit that into a message. They collaborated. Collaboration. Unity. Nehemiah couldn't have done it by himself. We can't do this by ourselves. I can't do this by myself. We need people. Nehemiah took him a whole army to rebuild it. And we've been known for being a church that can demonstrate unity. We've been known for that. We're going to continue to do that. Working together, by the way, is... It's where compassion comes in, because compassion really is the test to whether or not you are collaborating or you are just doing your own thing with a group of people. You can be doing a lot of things with a lot of people, but you have the Roman soldier spirit. You got to, I do things my way kind of attitude. I'm telling you, that doesn't go very far in the kingdom of God. Jesus says in order for us to build this church, we have got to come together as one, unite, and say we're going to bring God's presence. In order to get God into your family, it's going to take, it's going to take your family to get on the same, you and your husband, you and your spouse, to lead that family in the same way. Our church has always been known for that. All of our outreaches, everything that we've done. Last Sunday when we came here and when we were unloading after the 1130 service, man, I looked around and it looked like the whole 1130 service showed up. 
just unloading everything. And, and Sister Lisa Stevens came in here and, uh, with pizzas. We had like 20 pizzas. Danielle brought some A&Ws. Next to you bring food, you're going to get a crowd. Amen. <laughs> Soon we're doing this. I mean, it looked like someone said, hey, get, Pastor, take a, do a third service. I was so tired. I'm so tired today, but hey, we're doing it. It's amazing. Just coming to just move. Coming to just help. The very next day, showing up, cleaning this building, and moving forward. I'm saying this is going to be an effort that we do together as a people. Can we stand today? Hallelujah. One thing I really believe that God's calling us to do, and he's raising us up, and that is to do what Nehemiah and Ezra did in this story is the only story in the Bible where the word revival is mentioned. So as they headed into that dark season of 400 years of silence, their heart had revival in it, and they passed it on for generations to generations so that when the time came for the Messiah to come, he had a remnant of people. And that's what God wants to do here. I believe God is raising us up because he wants revival to come. We need revival. We need an awakening. There are a little bit of miracles here and there, but we're in a drought right now of the supernatural in America. Europe, for the first time, is experiencing a wave of his miraculous supernatural miracles. Europe is now starting to, the church is emerging in Europe. That's great news. It's been like that in Argentina for years. In Central America for years. Look at America. Now I believe it's our time. God is saying it's our time. Arise and shine. For your time has come. And you might have tried to do this before, God says, but it didn't work because you tried it in your own strength. But now he says, now I'm in it. Now I'm calling you to arise. River of life, I'm calling you to arise and shine for my glory will be upon you. It's going to work. It's going to work. Come on, can we lift our hands to him today in this place? Father, we have done everything today. We're so excited. Couldn't wait to get here. Met some new people, some new faces. Father, we blew the shofar. We brought stones. We took communion. (laughs) We've done everything, God. You've given us our first convert this week. He's here with us today. You're doing so many exciting things. But God, when the excitement begins to stabilize, I pray, God, that this word will emerge and carry us through for the weeks and days ahead and months ahead. Father, you have strategically put us in this location for a reason. Thank you, God, for what you are doing into the township, God, and what you've done the other day when I went down there. And Father, how they are just so excited about this place and what you're doing. I thank you for that, oh God. But we pray, Lord, let your river flow from this place. Let it flow into southeast Michigan. Let it flow into Sumter and Belleville and Van Buren and Wayne and Canton and Down River, as far as Detroit, Ypsilanti, Ann Arbor, Pittsfield. Father, give us all, all the way down, Lord, southeast Michigan. Let your spirit rise upon this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
you're in this place, if you just bow your heads, I just think it would be so awesome to see someone give their hearts to the Lord on our first service today. I don't know who's here. I don't know where you are with your walk with God. But if you're here today, you say, Pastor Reddy, I'm really not serving the Lord. I'm really not past that point of no return. I'm really not serving him. But it's time for me to surrender my all to him today. 100%. No more playing games. No more playing religion. But I'm ready to surrender my life to him today. I want you to pray for me today. I'm ready to do that today. I want you to raise your hand. Amen. I see that hand in the back. Raise your hand. Hand here. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Say, come on. I, want, I mean it. I mean it. I mean it. I mean it. Amen. 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 See that hand. See that hand. See that hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can put your hand down. If you're in this place, Pastor Eddie, man, I'm just struggling to make it through. I'm excited, but man, the commitment thing, I'm just struggling with that. Pray for me today. I got got to get more serious, more committed to this. I've been in services like this. This is my second or third time being in a church like this. My problem is, is it fades. Fades. I need to be recommitted to the cause, recommitted to what you want to do in this day. Use me. I used to be on fire for God, Pastor Eddie. I used to know my word, man. I used to lead prayer groups and small groups. I was involved at church, man, but now I'm just fading away. I still believe I'm a believer, but man, I'm not as committed as I used to be, but I'm ready to recommit today. I want to declare to the enemy today, right now, this first service at this new location, I'm recommitted to the cause of Jesus Christ. I'm going to help you build that building. I'm going to help you build that wall because God's going to build my family in the process. If that's you, I want you to lift both hands. And this is what I want us to do. I knew it would be most of all of us. Can we get out of our seat today? Let, let us end this service today with us gathered around. we got plenty of room. Why don't you come out of your seat? Fill the front. Fill the altar. Fill this area. We're going to worship together as one church today. If you lifted your hand to get saved and give your heart to the Lord, come. I want you to come as well. Come out of your seat. Come out of your seat in Jesus' name. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. If you're ready to recommit, you're ready to recommit to the cause of Christ. Come on. Why don't you come out of your seat? Why don't you come out of your seat? Line up here in this place. Line up here in this place. I'm all in. 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 Get my fire back. Get my vision back. I used to do this. I used to do that. Well, God says it's a new season. We're not a new church. It's just a new location. The vision's the same. We're still here to be a church of his presence and his promises in all people. Hallelujah. This is a day that we're going to declare and sanctify unto the Lord today. I'm recommitting my life to the Lord today. I'm recommitting my focus to the Lord today in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, come on up. Come on up. Come on, come on. Before we pray, if you're here today, you need to give your life to the Lord for the first time. Or you're already a believer, you just need to recommit your focus. Come on, this is it. This is it. This is awesome. Hallelujah. God bless you, Chris. God's going to change your life, man. CJ, getting big, brother. You're a young man. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I'm going to ask my prayer teams to come on up at this time. Come on up. Come on up. Find somebody. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. If you're here and you want to recommit your life to Jesus Christ, you just want to say yes to Jesus. God bless you, man. Thank you for coming. I know it's intimidating for you to come back to church. It's a big step to pull up to this place. Thank God you had the, the courage to do that today, brother. Those of you that are giving your life to Jesus for the first time, you need him, you're getting serious with God. I want you to pray this prayer. I want you to say, Heavenly Father. Come on, look up, look up, look up to heaven. Hey, Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for bringing me to this place today. I confess my sins to you today. I am a sinner. I have sinned. And I repent today. I turn from that today. And I turn to you today. I give you my life. I give you my heart. From this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Now listen. Everybody else that came up, you say, man, I'm saved. But I'm ready to recommit, man. I need my fresh fire. Anybody need some fresh fire today? And we're going to have some Holy Ghost time right now in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.